Welcome to WP Coffee Talk with your podcast barista, Michelle Frechette. Special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Century Hosting, Expander Digital, and GoWP. WP Coffee Talk is a proud supporter of Big Orange Heart, whose mission is to support and promote positive well-being and mental health within remote working communities. Please consider a donation to Big Orange Heart to continue to support this great mission. Welcome to the next episode of WP Coffee Talk. I'm your podcast barista, Michelle Frechette, and I'm here to share the stories in the WordPress community from all over the world. And today I have somebody that you may have heard of. Some of you may not have met him before. I have some stories about times we've met before that you may not recall, but um, I'm introducing you today to Matt Mullenweg. Matt, thanks for joining me for my 100th episode. We're publishing this tomorrow as the 100th episode. I know, it's exciting. Congratulations on 100 episodes. I'm sticking with something that long is one really impressive and thank you for you know it being an amazing contribution to the wordpress conversation and community it's been really exciting i've interviewed people in six continents still have huh. yet to get it not, not antarctica yet although i keep checking for wordpress blogs and i keep e- emailing people because that would be super cool but i'm know. going to antarctica hopefully this year and if starlink is there maybe we'll, we can do a, a quick little drop in or something that would be cool because then we could say we've covered the whole globe and that would be a lot of fun. So I, a lot of people do know who you are. I, I have a personal experience later about a conversation we had over lunch several years ago that proves to me that not everybody knows who Matt Mullenweg is. So give us a little mm-hmm. bit, just the nutshell version, introduce yourselves to, yourself to us. I guess nutshell version is uh, born and raised in Houston, Texas, uh, which is where I grew up. Um, I focused on... Um, I got involved with music pretty early on. I uh, played saxophone because my father played saxophone. And so from kind of second grade on, I uh, was pretty active in the jazz side of well, learning jazz in Houston. And uh, also my father was a programmer, <laughs> really into computers. My grandmother had a computer at her house. There was, I guess there was early adopters of technology. A lot of the folks in my extended family were sort of in the Houston version of tech related, which usually meant working for oil companies. And uh, so that was also something I grew up around and began to get excited probably initially by video games and then later by, you know, modifying them or hacking them or sharing them or, you know, just, uh, it was an exciting time because the technology that was in our lives, including like the TI-89 calculator or whatever, um, often was modifiable, you know? So you could kind of like, you know, write a program or transfer something to someone else. So there's, you know, Palm Pilots, you could beam apps to each other. You know, there's just little versions of that that kind of community side of technology, which has always been where I've been more drawn to. That's very cool. I I am older than you. And so when I think of early technology, I didn't adopt technology. I didn't, wasn't in the web industry until I was into my 40s. And so um, an early adopter, I'm, I early adopt things now, but certainly I was very much a paper pencil girl up until <laughs> I was in my 40s. But it's great to hear um, that this is something that you've been doing for a very long time, for most of your life. You have a mug. Show us your mug and tell us about uh, it. So, yeah, let's see if I can zoom this in a little. Maybe I need to move my face. Um, there it so goes. This mug uh, is actually uh, pretty exciting. So you said to bring something that was special. Mm-hmm. Um, I got this mug on my very last uh, trip to Japan, which was, I guess, in 2019. And uh, there are a group of artists that, by the way, 
I don't speak Japanese, so I might mess this up. But like, there's a group of artists in Japan that are deemed national treasures. And the ceramic artist that put together this mug is deemed a national treasure of Japan. And inside of it, um, I don't actually drink coffee. Even though That's okay. Only enough, <laughs> one of my best investments was blue bottle coffee. I, I, I only ever had a few sips of it. So I'm a, I'm a tea drinker. And so I have some, uh, some green tea in here. Very good. How about now you? I also like, mug today? Yep. So I actually have a very special mug. One of my sponsors, if I can turn it the right way, is GoWP. You can see this. Uh-huh. And their um, logo is Preston, who is this little robot. And I am a huge Wonder Woman fan. So like you're into jazz, I'm into Wonder Woman. And they call me the Wonder Woman of WordPress. And so they took their logo and made it a Wonder Woman just for me. And so they said, isn't that cool? So they sent me a t-shirt, they sent me a mug. And so I thought, well, I'll use that today because it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And I'm drinking coffee. Um, Actually, I'm drinking another WordPresser. Uh, Greg Taylor has a coffee company and this is his coffee that I'm drinking. And it's it's very Ah, good. That's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. There's quite a few people. James Laws also has a coffee company, which is just... Who knew? Yeah, pretty cool stuff. I'm sure there's some breweries out there too, but that's, you know, I think that's for WP Tavern, not necessarily WP Coffee Talk. You know, the Sand Hills folks also own a brewery or something? I think they do. I think I've heard that. Yeah, it is very cool for sure. So yeah, so that's what I got. So I ask people how they get started in WordPress. Uh, Most people have heard my story. You didn't just get started with WordPress, you started WordPress. (laughs) So tell us how that happened. Well, maybe it's good to rewind that, like, where I got started with the things that led me to co-founding uh, WordPress Perfect. alongside Mike Little. Um, so it, uh, not a lot of people know because it's been so long ago, but uh, WordPress was actually based on an existing open source project that was called B2 Cafe Log, um, B2 slash Cafe Log. Um, that was originally founded by a fellow named Michel Valdretti, I think is how you pronounce it, in Corsica, France. Um, so I got started on the forums of that software. Cool. <laughs> so, you know, they had SourceForge, which is kind of like a pre-GitHub GitHub. And um, and I think just some web forums on the site cafelog.com that uh, people would, you could ask questions and people would help each other out. And so as I was trying to switch away from the software I was using, which was probably some combination of like PHP Nuke and Moogle type and XPattern and all these other things I tried um, to something that was open source and PHP based, which was B2. Um, I was there asking questions and people were helping me. And then when I went back to ask another question, I saw something, even though it was a total novice that I had asked before and someone had answered that someone else was asking. So I was like, oh, since I'm here, I'll, I'll get involved in this. And, um, you know, even from my teenage years, I always really loved web forums and news groups and things like that. So it's very natural for me to spend hours a day on these things. <laughs> so I did. And then that through the course of participating in that forum, I started to um, release, there was no plugin system. So what people would do when they uh, had code is they would say like, open this file, go to line 23, paste this in. Now go to line 88 and paste this code in. And we, go to, so, and we called them hacks for, right. for B2. And so I started to release a number of hacks uh, that I'd written to, to customize the software. Um, mostly around things like um, better typography and better permalinks, stuff that actually is still really important to me in WordPress today. Yeah. Um, that software uh, ended up, the, the lead developer, who's kind of the only developer, ended up disappearing. So no one knew what, what had happened to him. And the domain for, the, for Cafe Log was actually coming up for um, uh, expiration. 
And I think I think myself, uh, Mike, and a few other people, maybe Alex King had had actually commit access, been given commit access to um, the core repository, uh, but we didn't really know what to do. I did this blog post that's actually still online called the blogging software dilemma. And I said, now wouldn't it be cool if something had, you know, the design of text pattern, the ease of use of blogger, the extensibility of movable type, which had a plugin system, and then the hackability of B2. You know, it was kind of really fun to work on. It was really beautifully designed software um, from a, a code point of view. And that's when Mike Little left the famous comment where he was like, hey, if you're serious about working on this, I want to work with you. And he was another volunteer on the forums and co-contributor and things like that. So uh, yeah, just from that blog post and comment, we started collaborating uh, from you know him, him in the United Kingdom, me in Houston, Texas. And uh, the other cool part, again, because everything great happens with with other people involved, is um, you know a lot of the things that I work on were not named by me. <laughs> like Akismet, my sister came up with that name. Uh, Vault Press, actually, like a a, a body worker massage person <laughs> I, I, in San Francisco came up with that name. But uh, it's actually still a friend 15 years later. So like different things friends come up with. And um, in Houston, there was uh, there weren't a ton of bloggers, but there was a blogger group where all the bloggers in the city would get together and hang out and go to coffee shops or and we'd link to each other blogs and things. Most of them use move type at the time. But um one of the, I think, leaders of this group was a woman named uh, Christine Tremulet. Although her name was different at the time, it was before she got married. Uh, but Christine uh, had been sort of brainstorming names for this new project uh, Mike and I were working on. And she calls me one day, she's like, I got it, I got it. I think WordPress and the .org is available. The .com is not, but you can get the .org. And so I was like, oh, WordPress, I really like that. And so that, uh, that's where the name WordPress came from. Awesome. And it was funny because at the time, the criticism, the big criticisms we got was that the name WordPress sounded too much like TypePad, um, which was another blogging software. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it does, but, but I, I think that they just had, Movable Type and TypePad were so dominant in the marketplace that everything was seen through that uh, lens. And then the other big criticism was that there was no room for any more blogging software. There was so much already. There was like dozens and dozens and dozens of different ones. So the world didn't really need another one. And it turned out that they did. So Surprise. I'm glad we stuck with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Me too. That's that's actually a pretty cool story. And I love naming things, by the way. So if you ever need somebody, oh, cool. just you know, hit me up. I love that. And and uh, I used to I used to run a massage school. And oh. they use some <laughs> massage therapists use something online called Soap Vault for their soap notes. And I'm sure that that's had something to do with Vault Press. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. It was, um, the woman's name is Heyman. And after I gave a talk in San Francisco, she came up and was like, I really appreciate WordPress so much. And thank you. Would you like a uh, free body work? Uh, and honestly, I was kind of weirded out. I was like, what is this? But I later looked up and that was her profession. Um, she had an office and, um, and actually, you know, it's been tougher in COVID times, but I think that was like 14 or 15 years ago. And yeah. I've seen her when I'm in San Francisco ever since. Very cool. Yeah. I have a very deep appreciation for massage therapists. My very first WordPress website, I started a nonprofit organization here in New York State called New York Massage Alliance because I had run a massage cool. school and I realized that as massage therapists graduate, they know body work, but they have no clue how to run a business. And so my friend and I, who was a massage therapist, we started a business or a nonprofit to help them 
after they graduate. And her husband built us a WordPress website. And so we started sending him all the content and he said, whoa, whoa, no, no, I built it, but you have to populate it. And he gave us logins. So that was the very ah. first time I ever logged into a WordPress website. I was terrified because I just was convinced I was going to just tear the whole thing down. But that was about 350 sites ago that I've built since then. And it was absolutely the, um, you know, the, the, the first trickle of me now having an entire career in WordPress. So it's just so cool. And That's it's so cool, cool to hear everybody's stories about how those kinds of things happen. And there's definitely some common threads there. I think uh, Jen Milo as well uh, has a background sure. there. One of the early sort of design leaders in WordPress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very cool stuff. As a matter of fact, I didn't understand how to purchase a domain and then actually have a site. Like I knew I could buy a domain and I knew I could work in a site, but I didn't understand how those things went together. Connect so together. her husband- It's still kind of <laughs> tricky actually. <laughs> it can be for sure. And so her husband, um, they had five children, said, if you come over and make dinner, I'll teach you how to do that. And so I went over, I made dinner for the kids and he taught me how to do salt keys and he didn't want me to do any one button install. He wanted me to understand how it worked, download, upload, all of that. So that was my first real lesson. It's kind of amazing how many people's WordPress stories start with someone helping someone else out. Absolutely. And so whenever I'm at a WordCamp and someone says like, how can I contribute? Like there's so many different ways to contribute to WordPress. Yeah. But the thing I'll, I'll always try to say, if I remember, is like, just help one other person get started with it. And that sort of like personal teaching someone um, how to use WordPress is really a lifelong gift that either, maybe they're just, they use it once every couple of years when they log into <laughs> a new job or something. But for some, it's, you know, including both of us, it's become really a mm -hmm. life transforming thing yeah. where it's become a community, a mission to democratize publishing, a Absolutely. set of skills, a way to make a living. Like there's, there's a lot that um, when you learn WordPress that's unlocked. Mm -hmm. My company that I work for is GiveWP and our, and our mission is democratize generosity. And mm. I ran for public office where I used our software on our website. And this morning I woke up and thought, oh my gosh, I missed the opportunity to put on the website that I was democratizing democracy because that would have been like the, <laughs> the inception. <laughs> inception of the whole thing. Yeah, it made me laugh. And then I felt idiot, like an idiot about it, but because I wasn't really going to do that, but it was still funny, right? Yeah, it was funny. Um, it's definitely what's fascinating to me how much there's a thread of um, kind of giving back through, you know, pretty much everyone heavily involved with WordPress, right? Because absolutely, um, there is that sense that when you're involved with something bigger than yourself, you know, some sort of community that is doing something to make the world better, um, it's so rewarding. In fact, if I ever get like really down or depressed, I find one surefire thing that always brings me out of it is doing something for others. Yes. You know, whether that's, you know, writing a nice note to a friend or sometimes I go on one of those websites where you're going to donate to people, um, mm -hmm. you know, who need medical help or things like that. And, um, and it's funny because you think if you were feeling bad, you would do something for yourself to feel better. <laughs> but I found like the thing that always works, that works maybe some of the time, but like the thing that always works is doing something for someone else. And that's just, I think goes very, to our core of what motivates us as humans and mm -hmm. kind of how we want to be connected to each other. Absolutely. When I want to help somebody anonymously through WordPress, I log into Reddit and I look at the WordPress help ah. in there and I just help people. I've actually Zoomed with people all over the world and helped them with CSS or understanding settings in their 
in their WordPress site and help them go from not being able to publish their site to publish their site. Now, don't do it a ton because I don't have a ton of extra time, but that's something that is so super cool because nobody knows who I am on there. So it's not like, oh, I know I've seen her there. I know who she is. You just get to help somebody and they just get to say thank you and always assume I'm a man though. They're always like, thanks, dude. Thanks, bro. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, it's but, okay. Yeah, it's that, just funny. That, uh, well, you assume with them, they figure it out, but it's well, then, uh, yeah, but, that, but sometimes it's just answering. Are, uh, are so, so fun. My equivalent is I, I do uh, support on the wordpress.com chat system. Oh, and the cool. way the chat works is you don't know who you're chatting. I mean, they don't know who I am when they're chatting. With right. And it's, um, gosh, I always learn so much <laughs> about <laughs> both WordPress and wordpress.com and Automatic's products. And it's, um, it's something we encourage everyone in the company to do. Actually, yeah. every single person at Automatic goes through two weeks of support when they start and one week of support at least once per year. And I've been encouraging, especially leaders in the company, um, to dive back in a bit more. So That's pretty instead cool. of doing one week of support this year, I'm actually trying to go in like a day or two every single month so that I'm mm -hmm. able to get more continuous feedback. The loop. I needed to move two and a half years ago out of my marital home. We were splitting up and I couldn't possibly move everything myself. And I have one brother who offered to help. And I posted on Facebook, if anybody has the ability I could use bodies, I could use cars, I could use this to move all my stuff. And I posted, meet me at my house at five o'clock next week. And 15 people from the local WordPress meetup showed up. Whoa. So yes, so our, cool. <laughs> our community is phenomenal. Globally, locally, I think I have never been as happy in a community as I am in the WordPress community. So yeah. It's amazing how things that would be insurmountable for a single person, the right. load becomes lighter and lighter and lighter the more they share it. And that's Absolutely. kind of the beauty of, of open source. I mean, what we're doing is essentially creating software that Adobe charges millions of dollars a year for. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, it would be really hard for any one person to do it. But when you have hundreds and thousands of people working together, mm -hmm. it's almost, I, I, I think a lot of Amish barn raising, right? The idea of the whole community comes together and builds yep. a house for someone. You know, that's mm -hmm. kind of what we're doing. We're building the thing that builds the houses, but that's um, right. it's, it's, uh, it's fun collaboration. And I get yeah. so much... I get so jazzed by that. And um, this is, I had a conversation the other day where someone was saying like, why do people work on open source if they're not getting paid for it or, or not mm -hmm. getting paid enough or things like that? And I was like, I think when you tie it to that extrinsic motivation, that's actually when everything breaks down, you know, mm -hmm. because yeah. a lot of the things that we do, a lot of things that I do for WordPress, I get no remuneration for, probably never will. Um, mm -hmm. But there's that satisfaction of, you know, participating. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, that, that is is uh, I would pay to do, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, and I have because I've, I've hosted hackathons and charged people to come in the room and they pay it to come help other people build their sites. And it's just so super cool when that happens. And how many people listening here have, you know, paid to go to a work camp? It's not the ticket Absolutely. that costs anything, but guess what? The travel and mm -hmm. uh, maybe, you know, someone taking care of your pets while you're gone, or all those things add up pretty quickly. And they so- that's part of the reason we keep the tickets so inexpensive because we realize that people are making such a big investment just to be there. And to me, that's really, mm -hmm. really special. But the yeah. only reason we charge for tickets is that um, for no shows. <laughs> the first work camp, which was in San Francisco, um, with only like a week notice or something, 10 days notice, we had over 300 registrations and, um, and it was free. And so we got barbecue for 300 people, t-shirts for 300 people, et cetera. But then like, you know, because it was free, 80 or 90 of them just didn't show up. Right. And so 
uh, it was funny. I ended up putting like 25 pounds of brisket in my, in my freezer. And I kind of lived off that for like four more months. But it did seem like such a waste of t-shirts and, and extra yeah. food and everything. So we're like, okay, we'll charge enough that people will want to show up, but not so much that it, it's a barrier it's- for anyone. Exactly, exactly. So the next question I want to ask you is, what are some of your favorite WordCamp or Meetup talks or experiences? But specifically, has there been a moment, somebody you met at a WordCamp, a talk you heard, an experience that you had there that was really pivotal or inspirational to you? You know, it's, I, I can't think of a WordCamp I've gone to where I haven't changed my mind about something. That's so good. it's really, I think every single one, I always try to even if it's a topic that I know really well, seeing how someone presents it, I think it'd be really fascinating. Like, oh, okay, they're talking about CSS, which I know, but here's how they're introducing people to the concepts. And here's how they're explaining the box model. And here's how, which parts of it they're finding exciting. And then I'm also watching the audience. You know, when are people kind of drifting off? When are people like really engaged? How is the speaker bringing people in? Like, you know, I see some speakers that are very, uh, interactive. They ask a lot of questions. They have people raise it, lower their hands a lot. Um, they'll might code live or do demos. Uh, so yeah, I'm always like, one of the things I learned from that was like, make the code as large as possible if you're coding on a screen, because gosh, you know, sometimes the projector is not the strongest and you want it to be really mm-hmm. high contrast. And, um, and then thinking about that beyond, you know, one thing that's been on my mind a lot this year is a recorded WordCamp talk it's probably not the best way to teach someone something online. So how can we, you know, take this idea of teaching someone intro to CSS, but really make it like interactive in a way, or maybe a cohort-based learning or do something, Mm -hmm. um, whether that's on learn.wordpress.com or wherever it is, or .org, to try to help people get through something in a more engaging way. So I've been thinking about that a lot. Yeah, I think about how to help people and teach them. And so I think that's something that I think a lot of us are thinking about, and it'll be interesting to have one central place where that perhaps can happen. Um, There are a lot of online courses and things like that, but to find some place where people can access it for free and can really learn workshop style or whatever, I think is going to be really good. So I'm going to be watching for that for sure. WordPress is already some of the most powerful software in the world. If you Mm -hmm. took WordPress plus all the themes and plugins and you know, with light amounts of customizations, which you can create, it is almost unbounded. And the commercial demand for that is almost unbounded, right? Because everyone, you know, we forget, but even in the US, there's still like 200 million businesses that don't have a website. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild? It is <laughs> so think wild. about that as in terms of like a, an opportunity for any freelancer, any yeah. agency, anyone. Um, so yeah, but it is like we've come so far, but I still feel like it's it's day one of the opportunity for yeah. for reaching people about WordPress. And education is just something I keep coming back to as probably our, our biggest leverage point. Because the software already does a lot of stuff. Absolutely. More stuff the software to do <laughs> isn't necessarily better. We yeah. definitely need to make it like easier and like more flexible and allow things that used to require code and make those more accessible. Mm-hmm. But, um, but so much of it is just teaching the features we That's already right. have accessibility has a lot to do with not just making it available, but teaching people how to use it. 100%, yeah. And in the language that they speak, you know, that's why the translation community for WordPress is so powerful because Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what the code or the interface does if you you have no idea what the (laughs) buttons mean. Exactly. 
I think what's cool about accessibility is it's a concept that you can, uh, or lens, you can look through almost anything through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's sort of maybe like big A accessibility when we talk about, you know, the WCAG standards and stuff like that. Right. But then there's like, does it work on the device someone uses, on the browser <laughs> exactly. they use, on their mobile device, on the language that they speak? Mm -hmm. Are we, in the language they speak, are we using terminology that's, you know, something that people understand? When I was at my ver the very first WordCamp US in Philadelphia, I had driven myself. I knew very few people. Um, I was fairly new to WordPress myself. I'd been to two other WordCamps that year, and I was like, well, I'm just going to go. I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to drive. <laughs> and I think I knew Terry Tudich from Philadelphia, and I knew a couple of the guys from Buffalo. That was it. So I was literally wandering around, and a couple of people from Canada. I was wandering around pretty much on my own, just meeting people, et cetera. And at lunch on the very first day, I was sitting at a table of people, and Terry saw me, and she knew me, and she came and sat down. And it was a couple of people from the Rochester area couple people I'd never met before. So I introduced myself and they introduced themselves. There's one seat left at the table. And I looked up and you and I locked eyes and you nodded to the chair. And I said, yeah, come join us. And I leaned, and Terry was fidgeting in her bag. And I leaned over and I said, don't freak out that Matt Mullenweg is about to sit down next to you. Because <laughs> you can be, you're not an intimidating person, but just by your station and who you are in WordPress, it can feel intimidating to some people. And so you sat down and I introduced myself and I introduced you to the people at the table, some of whom I've just met, but most people other than Terry and I had, had no idea who you were. And so I remember saying to you, we had a conversation while you ate, uh, barbecue, of course. And um, I asked you about your annual what's in my bag. And so, because I love that, that blog post every year, because it's like, oh, what technology do I need to have now? <laughs> and I asked you if you use um, an Android phone or an iPhone. And you had a very clever comeback and you said, well, I have to test on both. And I said, well, of course, but which one do you call your mother with? <laughs> 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 and that was the fun answer. And so that was my first time I'd ever met you. And um, it was a delightful conversation. So I don't expect you to, Curious. it was an iPhone. You said you called her on the iPhone. Yeah, I did try to switch uh, my mom to Android for a while and it just didn't work out for either. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so now I, I definitely call her on FaceTime audio, you know, because it's kind of the clearest uh, audio connection that just works really easily on her phone. Doesn't require any extra apps for her. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But that was a fun one. So um, yeah, I don't expect you to remember that conversation because you've done with a lot of people over the years. But um, that was just my, that was my fun Matt Mullenweg moment that I had to share with you. That I was. Just, oh, thank uh, you so much for inviting yeah. me to that seat with your your friendly demeanor and uh, the eyes that met. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And that was the same, the next day you did the uh, state of the word. And that was the first time I'd sat through on a, a, a state of the word. And I was just like, yeah, I was all in already with WordPress by that point, but it, <laughs> I was hooked by that first WordCamp. And that's where I met Andrea Middleton. And I said to her, mm -hmm. you know, we might have a WordCamp in Rochester someday. I'm thinking about starting something. And she says, well, why wait? And so we had the very first WordCamp Rochester the next year. So Wow, that's a it fast was pivotal. Turnaround. Congratulations. Yeah, it was because she said there's really no reason to have to plan for years. Let's just do it. And so we did. We had 140 people at the first one, and it was a lot of fun. That's a so, great sweet spot size, too. Um, it is. The, I often uh, go to a few smaller work camps before work camp US. Kind of like a comedian working on my act. I like, get a sense for what people are asking about try out new material, <laughs> <say different laughs> things. And um, the small work camps for me are always really fun. 
including the ones where I go and like I went to work camps for Brandon and like 90% of the people had no idea who I was like why is this guy doing a Q why do we want a Q&A with this guy and uh but that's kind of fun because I mean WordPress is not about me <laughs> no, it's I, I happen to be there at the beginning and I do my best to shepherd the community but like the the beauty of it is really in all the you make the interactions the folks who help you um, mm -hmm. that that side of it is um, what I want people's primary view of WordPress to be absolutely now before we get into the rapid fire questions I do want to talk a little bit about what we've been experiencing over the last year it was almost a year ago today when the whole world went into lockdown especially here in the US. And, you know, you can see I'm in an office here, um, but I started working from home for several months. My coworkers who aren't here today because they make noise. And so I made them work from home today. Um, they started working from home and I was on the team for WordCamp US and we had to cancel that. And WordCamp Asia yeah. got canceled very quickly. And like, it, like the whole world turned upside down. And, you know, a matter of a few weeks last year about this time. And I know people were worried about, well, what's going to happen with WordPress when we can't meet in person? Mm -hmm. And what I've discovered is the global community has become so much more tight knit that you don't feel like you have to be in the same city as somebody to have struck up a friendship or reach out for help or connect on Twitter and things like that. And so I wanted to ask you what your experiences have been when we're all in lockdown and we're not having all of these you know, pivotal events. There's no WordCamps except online. Yeah. What have your what have your experiences been over the last year? Um, it's a roller coaster, right? Um, I mean that the the backdrop of the pandemic is horrifying in so many ways, and so us all living through that, I think, is a shared experience of hardship that we'll remember the rest of our lives. You know, hopefully, it's something that never happens again, and we tell our kids about and we pass on the lessons. But um, at the same time, there were moments of joy and real beauty. And, you know, close connections that I was able to have with the friends I was quarantining with or family, spending a lot more time with, with, uh, with my mom and her two cats and new puppy now uh, than I probably would have in, a, in a, another year. So um, I do appreciate that, you know, in the face of this hardship, um, people have come together to help each other and, um, and adapted in a lot of ways, you know. To, from as a technological optimist, which I am, you know the fact that in the same year that this kind of broke, we were having vaccines that right. were starting to be widely available, and now you know in March and April in the U.S. at least starting to be actually much more widely available. That really is a, is a light at the end of the tunnel, and just when you we forget because you know there's 20 of these things, different vaccines, and we're like, oh, it's good, what's bad? It's but like before, this used to take four or five years to do, and so mm -hmm. the fact that all of humanity working on a single thing was able to create such a variety of solutions in such a short amount of time is astounding. It really makes me a little more optimistic about climate change or other sort of existential issues we're facing that mm -hmm. are gonna require us to all work together. You know, working, if we take a proprietary approach, it's not gonna work. We need to open source a little bit and get everyone working on the same things. Um, I will say that, you know, for WordPress, a lot of things slowed down. Um, within my company, a lot of things slowed down because there was more important stuff going on, whether that's people getting sick, taking care of family, kids at home instead of at school. Like um, it was easily a 20 or 30% hit to people's ability and even desire to engage. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so that, it didn't end up slowing down our releases or things like that, but I think there was just a, a bit more fatigue. Everyone's been working really hard. And I yeah. think you know, folks who were lucky enough not to be directly impacted, like I didn't mm-hmm. get anyone in my family, knock on wood, um, you know, those people would also pull extra hard for those who were impacted to, to keep things mm-hmm. going. Um, so that kind of combination, I think it was a unique year. Um, the opportunity that we tried to seize from it was doing more online. Yeah. Um, like many, I can't wait to see other WordPressers again and get together. Um, but there is, you know, I forget the exact number, but let's say 100,000 people go to a work camp in a year. That's still a really small fraction of the tens of millions of people that use WordPress and the billions mm-hmm. that could use WordPress. So how can we make the community experience, the awesome parts of a WordCamp become more asynchronous, more accessible to folks in other countries or that can't travel for whatever reason, whether that's economic or family or visa issues or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, that there's so much to do there. Um, yeah. It shouldn't be, if you happen to be in Rochester, you just have, you know, one weekend a year or, you know, a day, a month yeah. that you can connect with folks. That should ideally be something you can do every day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think like, for example, I would never have been able to speak at WordCamp India if it had only been an in-person event, but I was able to speak at WordCamp India last month and talk about the good things that I found that were happening in WordPress through the pandemic. The talk was WordPress in the time of a pandemic. And um, oh, wow. amazing, you know, and, and obviously, like you said, reflecting on the negative things that have happened, not downplaying the, the loss that we've experienced over the last year, but you can still find the joy that's left after those kinds of things. And having some of those online experiences that we've had and the way that people have embraced one another, I think is something that really has risen to the top. And I'm just so grateful to our community for that, for sure. You know, the thing that was unexpected for me that ended in the WordPress world that ended up being the hardest was uh, the state of the word. Because <laughs> it was pre-recorded, which you think would make it easier, but it was a oh, no, hundred times that's harder. That's not easy. That's not easy oh, at all. Goodness. And it was just me in a room looking at a camera. <laughs> I wasn't even anyone. I should have, friends have told me like, if you can get like a fake audience, like just some family members or friends, it helps a lot. So I'll try some different things next time. But even though it was the shorter, um, the presentation part was shorter. The Q&A, I think we went a little longer. Um, it took me, it was, it was a great, <laughs> it was one of the harder things I did work-wise last year was recording that because you know, I just kept flubbing it every single time and messing it up. And like, it was, uh, it's excruciating. So I, I gained so much empathy for what it's like to pre-record things. Doing something live like this, um, I now have like between jazz to WordPress, I've got, you know, like a good 20 years of, of being very comfortable on a stage, dealing with things as they come up, not knowing mm-hmm. what's going to happen next. And to me, that's a part of the fun of it. Uh, but yeah, that pre-recorded version. It's like everything I've ever known about speaking or ability to even out put the words and sentences together <laughs> was completely out the door. So yeah, I did a pre-recorded um, talk about fundraising and recurring donations for a fundraising summit, and it was supposed to be twenty minutes. And literally at the like eighteen-minute mark, I sneezed, and I kept going because I thought, you know what? If I was on a stage, I'd sneeze and keep going. I wouldn't say, "Let's start over." So I just, that's the way it went. It just, it got recorded, it got sent, and that was, I'm human. It's all good. (laughs) It's actually also really nice that, you know, if you're in a Zoom room or something, if you need to cough or sneeze, you can mute it. 
which is actually really nice. And then we're all like, it is kind of, I love the jokes. They're like, do you remember when we just used to all breathe on each other all the time? Like, what was that? <laughs> Walk around. Just, During the days. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. But there's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, mm-hmm. I think it'd be really cool if people start doing meetups and even work camps again in places where it's safe to do so. Like, you know, Australia, New Zealand, Taiwan, places where there's essentially no community spread of the virus. Yeah. And of course, for the rest of the world, um, the idea that, you know, everyone could have access to vaccines by this time next year. Hopefully everyone who wants one by this time next year will, will have access to one. That is also really exciting. And in the U.S., you know, they've been going ahead of schedule. It's like the first thing to go, like, better than people expected since this whole thing started. I'm scheduled for next month. I'm getting my my vaccine. So I'm happy about that. Congratulations. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. It, yeah. I didn't realize how much of a, uh, a sort of a background anxiety and worry. You know, my mom just got her second shot a few days ago and just like, you know, just how much of a weight lifted off yeah. that that takes um, yeah. just to, you know, it's not a hundred percent, but still like just knowing that like odds are this is a lot safer yeah. than it was even a few weeks ago. My daughter said the same thing about me when knowing that I was scheduled, she she feels much better about the world because I'm going to be more protected. So I can appreciate yeah. that sentiment for sure. I want to, I want to respect your time. So I want to move into the rapid fire questions. And I always tell people, I ask them rapidly, but you can take the time that you need to answer them. But here we go. What are two or three must have plugins that you would recommend to somebody building their own website? Uh, you can say Jetpack. I'm going to have, okay. have to start with Jetpack because that's the reason we created Jetpack was to say right. like, this will... And actually we have data that shows it. If you're getting, if you're just clicking a one-click install on a web host, if you have Jetpack pre-installed, you are more likely to create a site. You're more likely to be using it a week or a month later. You're more likely to stay engaged with it and post more. So the, the features that are in there are like the stats, the social network connections, things like that, um, you know, are, are really compelling for folks. So I think that's a good place to start. Um, in terms of other plugins, uh, you know, you got to have something for security and backups. I think that, yeah, something for SEO is really key. Yoast obviously contributes a ton back to the WordPress community, so I always appreciate they that. They do. Absolutely. If there's one that isn't as well-known, that is a, a must-have for me, especially if you've been at a site that's around for a long time, it's a plugin, I think, by John Godley that's called Redirection. Mm-hmm. And it just allows you to redirect anything and also will log like where people are getting four fours and stuff like that. So if you find like, oh, that someone linked to your page, but they had a typo in it, you just have it beautifully redirect. And one of my passions is that, you know, URLs can be truly permanent. They don't change. And if they do change, you know, they can redirect to the new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, oh, here's another one I have that I think, I think Scott Riley wrote this is, um, there's an on this day plugin that I use and it, all it does is on your dashboard is it shows you, you know, the post that you made on this day, one year ago for me, this goes back like 15, 16, 17 years now. So it's really fun to sometimes just log into my dashboard and say like, I'm just going to read through every post I made on this day. And it also gives me an opportunity to fix some of the old ones up. You know, if they have oh, a good idea. Link. But also I find how many of those old posts, the things they're linking to don't work anymore. And so that always makes me sad. And when it's a WordPress I'm linking to, it usually works. But if it was some other CMS or even news sites, sometimes mm-hmm. it, those links are broken now. 
I, I would add to your list, Hello Dolly, which I know is yours. Um, <laughs> I, am, I am not a developer, but last summer I took the opportunity to, to dip my toes a little bit by creating my own version of Hello Dolly called Hello Beautiful. Every time you log oh, into your nice. website, it gives you positive affirmations <laughs> in hot pink, by the way. So um, I, I just looked up the, the name of that plugin. It's actually called yeah. Years Ago Today oh, cool. um, by Scott Riley. And then redirection is, uh, oh, I have a custom version of that, but I think that's by John okay. Godley. So check those oh, out. That's cool. Um, those are two fun ones. And uh, thank you so much for, yeah. I love when people redo Hello Dolly. That's, <laughs> that's why uh, you wrote it. <laughs> that's part of the idea. First ever WordPress plugin and still, still one of the most active ones, which is kind of amazing. Absolutely. And I built it in such a way that it's actually in the repo. So I've actually uploaded oh, cool. it and shared it with other people. So understanding the whole process, not because I plan to be a developer, because I want to understand more people in the community and what they look at on their screens all day. So, so thank you for that one. So. It's great to learn by doing, you know, it's Absolutely. actually I think, one of the best ways to. Absolutely. Did you have a mentor at any point in your WordPress journey, um, whether it was official or not, somebody you look up to emulate or somebody official and who was it or is it? Um, I would say every leader in WordPress, um, you know, going back to like Brian Bourne, or Alex King, Jim Milo, um, is has been highly influential. You know, I feel like that's kind of the beauty of it is that we can all learn from each other while mm -hmm. working together on a shared product. Um, going back a little further though, I was recently thinking about the influence of particularly my music teachers growing up mm -hmm. and how, how much they uh, really had a big impact on me, including like how to work with others, how to lead a group, how to breathe, you know, these sorts of things. And so I recently added to my about page at ma.tt slash about a list of thank yous. And those are pretty much all teachers in Houston. <laughs> and they're almost all like music teachers um, that have really stuck with me thinking back, you know, 30 years later, um, mm -hmm. who changed the course of my life. That's very cool. I like that story a lot, actually. Um, the next question is similar, but uh, who is somebody that you admire in the WordPress community and why? You know, two people that I work with a ton, like I, I skip to work in the morning thinking I'll be able to interact with them are uh, Matthias and Josefa, you know, who are, who are also leaders mm -hmm. in the WordPress community. So I interact with them probably a little bit more, um, yeah. but uh, both totally different, totally unique and bring something just really beautiful to, uh, mm -hmm. to what we're trying to do. And with Josefa's leadership of well, all the things and then <laughs> Matthias like being like the, the, the spark that turned into Gutenberg, which is now transforming the way the web publishes. Um, I just really, really enjoy uh, working with both of them. I feel really, really lucky to be able to uh, count these as two people I get to talk to all the time. Yeah, I, I think you're lucky for that too. I think they're fantastic people and they're good leaders. And Josefa's leadership of having an all-women uh, release squad, which I was lucky enough to be part of, I think was just inspired and brilliant. So um, yeah, no, those are great. I think those are great people to, to name for sure. Thank you for contributing there. Yeah, it was it was really fun. It was good to it's nice to have my name on there too, right? To feel like you've actually right. <laughs> you contribute to the community a lot, but yeah, to be able to look and see your name there is pretty cool. So I love it. And you know that post is always going to be up. So 20 years from now, you can say, look, there's my name on WordPress 5.6, 5.7, or you know, exactly. hopefully more in the future. 
Uh, maybe so. I would, I would not put that, I would not say no to that for sure. Um, what's uh, this, this might be a little bit of a strange question for you, but what's something that you want to learn in WordPress, but that you haven't tackled yet? Something I want to learn in WordPress. You know what I haven't has been on my to-do forever is actually putting up a WooCommerce store. <laughs> it's funny. We, we've had WooCommerce for so long now. I've interacted with it a lot, especially mm -hmm. like demo sites or test sites or other things. But I don't actually have a store online where I sell anything. And I think it'd be fun to maybe like sell some photos or maybe mm -hmm. NFTs of photos. I don't know. <laughs> um, just to kind of experience the whole process of a store owner dealing with real customers mm -hmm. and really shipping things out and stuff like that. Um, I'm not trying to get a new business or anything, but I think that the best way right, to learn is by doing. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. I would love to actually have the experience, even if it's just up for a month and say like, hey, I'm going to like work with the local printer. I'm going to FedEx these things out myself. I just want to experience every part of what a, a store owner goes through when mm -hmm. they're putting on a business online and using WooCommerce for it. That's, I, I mean, I wholeheartedly um, support that because I use GiveWP on other nonprofit sites so that I have the same kinds of experiences and understand from the, from the customer perspective as well. So absolutely. By the way, are we using GiveWP on the foundation site? I don't believe so, but you should. Let's oh, talk later. I, th I thought we were. <laughs> so I apologize if we're not, but. No worries. Check out GiveWP anyway. <laughs> we can certainly talk about that later, which also, uh, this is a question I did not have in the list, but. There's this thing, um, at least in my company, that we call the Battle of the Mats. So there's like Madeira's, Cromwell, and you. And there's always this like, who's one and who's two and who's three? And my funniest story about this is I, I don't even remember who I was interviewing on one of my episodes. And I said in the question where, you know, who do you admire in the WordPress community and why? A lot of people say you, but they usually say your last name too. And I had just, I work for GiveWP, so somebody said, I'd have to say Matt. And I'd said, and I said, Matt Cromwell? And they said, um, no, Matt Mullenweg. And I was like, oh yeah, oh. that's right. The, the other Matt. <laughs> you know, the secret society of Matt's uh, were actually like the Illuminati of WordPress. We're just really doing things behind the scenes. And uh, all the Matt's are pretty cool. I hope we get more Matt's yeah. in the future. There, there you go. Room for mini Matt's in the WordPress community. There are, there is. You can so. just call us our last name or something. I think it's cool that Matt Madero says the Matt report. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was telling someone that was going on that podcast. I'm like, I'm going on the Matt report. And they're like, is it about you? And I was like, no, no, no. It's just, it's a guy named Matt <laughs> that also talks about WordPress. And we're going to talk yeah. about, you know, different things in WordPress. And it's a lot of fun. <laughs> that is fun. So, yeah. So you might not be the first Matt that I always think of because I have to report to a different one, but you're up there. I have to say you're up there. So <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. Um, I'm always, I'm always giving my friends a hard time when they're like, they have other mats. I'm like, yeah, but if you Google, who comes up first? <laughs> That's right. That's right. If you Google Michelle and WordPress, I come up first. So that's kind of cool. That's really cool. And like actually that. way back in the day, um, you know, I had this goal to be first on Google for Matt and then achieved it uh, partially because like um, the early developers were all in the default blog role. So when new WordPress sites would get created, it would link to, you know, Mike and Alex and me and Ryan, different folks. And so um, for, I think like five or six years, my business card just said, go, one, go to Google, two, type in Matt, three, press, I'm feeling lucky. 
<laughs> that was all. The, I think it had a phone number there too. That was all the business cards said. And that was that's that funny. Fun joke for a little while, but I think Google personalized and changes. And I think the number one Matt now is um is that YouTuber that like does the dance. Oh yeah, goes around the world and does the identical dance. That is the I think the number one Matt right now. It's actually kind of a cool concept too. So if you're gonna lose to some Matt, that's neat. That's a decent Matt to lose to. He's definitely a better dancer. So you know, I'll, I'll bow down there. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so the next two questions I have, I did ask you at the state of the word um, a year and a half ago. So it's going to be interesting. Your answers can change to any of these anytime, of course, because no, nothing's ever set in stone. Um, so after you tell me, I'll tell you if it's what you said before. But the first question is, <laughs> what's one of the biggest mistakes you've ever made in WordPress and what did you learn from it? Oh. By the way, I will do it just a quick aside and say, say i think it's great when our answers change over time i don't know if this oh, I do too. Change, but we have to give space for people to learn new things and i yep. think have some space for forgiveness if 10 years ago someone said something dumb because we were all <laughs> you know ignorant or dumb in different ways the further back you go uh, so i think it's a sign of intelligence and that if people are updating their views as society evolves as things get newer and better and you learn more 100%. Biggest mistakes. It's hard to choose. Definitely the hot nacho incident was was a big one. I don't know if I talked about that. Um, Is that when you tried to monetize your first WordPress site? That was when there were the spam links on WordPress.org. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so that was that was a huge mistake. Um, if I think I'll, I'll change the question a little bit to say like a mistake in uh, opportunity cost. I would say that um, I wish we had earlier, um, actually this is today. Um, I wish earlier we had made themes more like plugins, mm -hmm. how people interact with them and created more ways for people to sort of modify the design and everything inside of WordPress in a way that still mm -hmm. allowed the backend theme to be updated, but the customizations mm -hmm. could persist. So imagine if like, for example, when you went to customize a theme, it invisibly and instantly created a child theme with all of your customization. And then the backend theme would auto update. And um, and then the theme directory was totally open like the plugin directory. So it had you know any number of things. And um, I think that would be, uh, by the way, I still think we're gonna do that with the block pattern directory <laughs> and other things. But sure. um, if themes are definitely an area that we've probably not paid as much attention to in the past, honestly, decade of WordPress and, and need to loop back around to. I saw Catherine Pressler at one of the WordCamp US's give a talk about the CSS block or the CSS area of the customizer when that first came out. And that was my big mind blown, like talk I've ever said it because I no longer had to have a plugin or know how to create child themes and things like that. I could just literally go plug it in, see what happened, change it on the fly, kind of do those things. And I thought that was brilliant. So yeah, some more of that's great. I think that's fantastic. And what if like all the, you know, you could easily take a snippet of that CSS and submit it back to a directory attached to that theme. And then other people could find that CSS mod and mm -hmm. add it to their theme or, you know, kind of like, you know, treat those little snippets almost like little atomic chunks of things you could add mm -hmm. and modify. So I think that, you know, when we make things community driven, when we make it collaborative, that's when things get really, really good for WordPress. What did yeah. I first answer that? Was the that first a, answer, you, it was it was that you tried to monetize one of your first WordPress websites and with links and things that, that it just, 
it failed on you. Yeah. It was Adacho. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so same answer for as your as your earlier answer then. It was not just one of my bigger mistakes, but it actually it was my first time being in mainstream press. Mm-hmm. I got covered in like MSNBC and like all these sort of the register and everything. And the article, some of them were quite mean. <laughs> so I was like, what is going on here? Like I my I'm talking to my sister, she's like, Yeah, I saw you on the news. I'm like, uh oh. That's not what I thought I was going to be in the news for. <laughs> Things happen. You know, we have to give ourselves room to grow. It's all good. It's a learning. As long as you learn from it, you can make mistakes. Learning from mistakes is actually a good thing. But it led to the creation of a kismet. There you go. I love a kismet. I use it all the time. When the, the, the next question is the opposite question. What's your proudest WordPress moment? Mm, I remember the first time I saw WordPress translated. That was mm. pretty amazing to me. And we didn't have a translation framework at the time. And so a gentleman in Japan had gone through and opened, you know, hundreds of PHP files and gone through it line by line to manually translate it, which of course means you can't upgrade or anything like that. So that's why we created the translation framework. But uh, just the fact both that someone took the time to do that was astounding Mm -hmm. to me. And two, when I installed it and saw like this, Japanese version of the software blew my mind, right? Because the Japanese scripts, katakana, hiragana, kanji, like is so different from the Latin alphabet. I was like, yeah. wow, this is like, I'm on a different planet. And uh, it was very inspiring. Absolutely. I am. Um, I do a lot of work with Big Orange Heart. And so whenever I log in, because it's based in the UK, I see things like bin instead of trash. And the first time I even just saw that, it took me like took me back and I was like, wait a minute. It was kind of fun to see. So it is definitely and I get to see the inside of other sites around the world now working with Give. And so I don't always understand the Italian or so I have to open up my website to see what that translates to. What the, yeah, <laughs> go back and forth. So it's very cool. Um, the last time I asked you, you said it was uh, releasing Gutenberg. So I can see there's lots of proud moments. Yeah, that was a good one too. <laughs> yeah. If you weren't working in technology yeah, at all. we just had 100 releases of Gutenberg. So another, since we're on the 100th podcast, you know, I think fun to celebrate that 100th release of Gutenberg. That is cool. And you can yeah. see over my shoulder that way, GiveWP just hit 100,000 active installs. Whoa, congratulations. So, yeah, so it's all, 100 is a good number. Isn't a lot it? of hundreds. <laughs> a lot of hundreds. For sure. I keep it 100. Absolutely. If you weren't working in technology at all, what career would you like to pursue? In technology at all? Yeah, usually I think about it in other things I do in tech because I am kind of tech through and through. Um, yeah, I changed it all up. I'm going to challenge you. Yeah, I probably, you know, if you had asked me when I was younger, I probably would have said music because that was actually what I thought I was going to go into. Mm-hmm. And the tech was just kind of like a day gig to fund <laughs> You know, the jazz musicians don't make very much. Um, the other passion I had that I could have seen going into is uh, macroeconomics, hmm. which um, I studied a lot. I, I had a lot of um, early engagement and success in. Got to meet Milton Friedman, Ben Vernacki, Alan wow. Greenspan. There are like some different competitions and things I was doing and uh, really just enjoy this idea of incentives and societies and how you can use essentially the rules of the game to create a more just and fair society that also drives growth, right? Because when there's more of everything for everyone that you can have like an economics of abundance and where humans can sometimes get a little messy is when they're fighting over a shrinking pie. That's absolutely true, for sure. 
What's something on your bucket list? Oh, um, well, one thing I, I am hoping to do this year, uh, and hopefully, like, it happens, because obviously, um, is I think six years ago, I planned this trip to Antarctica that's supposed to be this year, mm -hmm. um, where there will be a total solar eclipse over a penguin colony, like one of those super penguin oh. colonies. I can't and wait no to see one knows the, what the penguins are going to do. Uh, you know, it should be fun. Uh, I have been to, I've been to the South Pole before. Uh -huh. uh, so I've been to Antarctica and done some cross-country skiing and stuff there. So I'm also just looking forward to exploring one of the great unexplored places on the planet. Very cool. Mine is to give a TED Talk, which is very different uh -huh. than that. But that's, that's my bucket list item is to give a TED Talk. Um, I could totally see that. It'd be so much fun. And my topic is, um, is uh, comfort zones and how to, like, I was the shyest child you ever would have met. Even in high school, I was a shy kid. And theater is what pulled me out of my shyness and doing, wow. um, I'm a singer and I do, I did musical theater in high school. And so that's, that kind of pulled me outside and, and my theory of concentric circles as comfort zones. So that's what I would talk about. That's a cool example. I actually just finished a book called The Body Keeps Score, an incredible book about like trauma treatment and other things. And one of the mm -hmm. chapters actually talks about, um, I think a theater group in Boston that takes folks who are like extremely bad, like the worst kids who've had the toughest lives and behave the worst and all these sorts of things. And they produce like a Shakespeare play together. And, mm -hmm. um, and you know, as you would have guessed, because it's in the book, it's pretty transformative uh, yeah. the effect on people. It, it was for me, for sure. I wasn't a bad kid. I was just a really shy kid, but it, mm -hmm. it's amazing, like music. Um, have the discipline that comes with theater is uh, is pretty interesting, and and can yeah. you can grow so much from it. Uh, I kind of forgot about that because, but my sister is much more into theater than than me. But when I was young, like I was in, um, my gosh, what's the musical? I was that tap dancing Nutcracker in Godspell. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, so I was in some musical theater, um, and then at school I went to we produce a pretty big musical every year it was an arts high school mm -hmm. and uh one of the most challenging instrumental things i've done was uh participate uh yeah do the music for that because you would often have to play you know because the, the pit's kind of small so you'd have to play like three four or five instruments and so that's how i mm -hmm. learned clarinet piccolo flute like a bunch of these other things um the music is really hard like those musicians if you go to broadway or yeah. those things are crazy good they have to be almost athletic to be able to keep up with what they're doing absolutely and do it twice a day six days a week like it's pretty exactly incredible. it is incredible i have just two questions left for you show us or tell us about a hidden talent that you have that people in the community might not know about a hidden talent i have you know i am i think in the you know it's definitely in the it's a, i'm the top one person of profession or passion i don't know if i'm actually that good at it but i love home networking and wi-fi stuff <laughs> particularly everything and the ubiquity kind of ecosystem or unify. And um, so I'm always setting that up for friends and tweaking my own system. And um, in Houston, I converted my network to all be 10 gigabits. <laughs> it's just something I'm always tweaking about. And uh, it's a fun way for me to well, stay connected to technology, but also if you help someone, if you like fix someone's Wi-Fi, they will thank you every day. <laughs> that <laughs> is all of a sudden true. they're getting five bars where they were getting two or things are still yeah. cold or working better. Like it has such a big impact on people's quality of life that it feels like an amazing gift I can do for folks. 
for honestly not it's not that expensive you know especially yeah. when you consider how much of people's livelihood is now going through their wi-fi and their home network um for really just a couple hundred dollars you can make it super super good it is amazing i i and we put a mesh network in here and it quadrupled the oh, speed cool. of our network here so it was amazing really amazing um how can people find you i know how to find you but how do people find you online so website yeah. twitter I've got three WordPresses that I use a lot. Uh, one is at matt.blog, it's kind of a photo blog. One is at ma.tt, and that's one of the first WordPress blogs in the world, maybe the first. <laughs> so I've been writing on that for 17 plus years. And um, I do a podcast actually, a distributed.blog. Mm -hmm. It's a podcast and a resource for people learning, especially pre-pandemic for people you know, starting to go to remote work and things yeah. and how to do that better. And actually the latest episode was pretty fun. It was with Jack Dorsey and uh, talking about Square on Twitter. And um, please check it out. Also check out the Adam Ghazali episode. He's a neuroscientist here at UCSF. Learned a lot from both of those. Um, I'm Photomat, P-H-O-T-O-M-A-T-T on uh, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. So follow me on all, all those. And then um, finally, you know, I'm on the WordPress Slack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's uh, always a great way to reach out. I'm, I'm, I'm active on the P2s and the Slack and the discussions. So if you mention me on any of the WordPress.org stuff, I will uh, get a notification. Happy to drop in the conversation. Fantastic. Is there anything you want to share before I uh, before we wrap up this episode? Anything else? I haven't asked you. Something is burning inside you. Yeah, I'll look back to what we said earlier that, you know, 2021, if you can teach one other person WordPress, you know, that's that would be an incredible gift to the WordPress community. So if you feel like you've gotten something out of WordPress, an amazing way to give back is, again, just help one person. Uh, really learn WordPress inside now and have a have a great online presence. Absolutely. If you're listening to this online and you want to learn more, you can go to uh, wpcoffeetalk.com. Look for Matt's episode. We'll have the show notes there. Matt, thank you so much for being here. But I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up, but don't go anywhere because I want to have a couple little notes for you after we um, stop recording. But thank you so much publicly. Thank you for being here on the show. Really appreciate it. I know you're a busy man, so I appreciate that the, that you're able to take the time and do things like this. Thanks so much. Thank you. I'll see you all around WordPress. That's right.